Hey, this is Steve. This podcast is all about making the gospel relevant to your life. That means discovering the good news of Jesus, no matter what you're going through today. As we continue our study in Mark, Jesus calls followers. We call them disciples. Are those men the same as us? Is their response to Jesus' call the same as our response? Or is there something different? Stephen Mansell brings this important message from Mark's Gospel. Well, good morning, Orchard Church. What a privilege. Yeah, man, we're awake in this service. I like it. I like it. Uh, Man, what a privilege it is to get to preach to you guys this morning. I love, love getting the opportunity to challenge our graduates, but to challenge all of us this morning as well. What a powerful, powerful passage of scripture that I'm honestly humbled and even a little bit daunted by because to, to, to dissect Jesus's call to the disciples. You know, this is something that's really familiar. This is something that a lot of us have heard preached many a time. And so let me encourage you this morning as we dig into the word together that you would hear with fresh ears, that you would open your eyes to really see maybe a new way that God is challenging us and calling us out this morning. It's incredible to see these graduates and the steps that they're going to take, the futures that they are looking forward to with all sorts of anticipation and expectation. I love being able to see that and know that God has a perfect, perfect plan for their lives. And so as we get started this morning, I know some of you uh, would love, love to take a nap right now. I, did, I get it. I get it. I know how it can be when someone besides Steve gets up here and you guys are just like, oh, and we just got to tune out. But I'm encouraging you, hold on to the nap for just a little bit, because how many of you have one of these in your house right now waiting for you to get home? Go ahead, raise your hand if you're looking forward to getting home and climbing up in that bad boy and taking a nice Sunday afternoon nap. See, I wish I had one of these. In fact, I joked about that in the first service um, that Miranda and I are getting ready to to eventually uh, get rid of our sectional couch and maybe get one of these and a couple other sofas. And someone came up to me and said, hey, I've got one if you want it. So sometimes it just pays to just talk about stuff and things happen. Um, But no, I've, I've, I've always been jealous of wanting one of those chairs because man they are so comfortable right to climb up in one of those big chairs kick back your feet put on a game and just relax and 10 minutes later if that you're asleep right and so I'm encouraging you this morning hold on to the nap wait till this afternoon because I think I think God's word has something to challenge us with this morning um, because I believe that chair is a perfect illustration um, of our faith in Jesus sometimes. I believe that chair epitomizes how often we say, Jesus, I want to follow you, but I'm just going to relax and take it easy in my nice chair for a little bit. And I want to challenge us this morning that as we look into the call of the disciples 
that it is a call for us too today, this morning, to rise up out of those chairs, to get a little bit uncomfortable and follow him. So this morning, we're gonna look in a several different passages. We're gonna start in John's gospel. Yes, I know we are studying the gospel of Mark, but we're gonna start in John because John gives us what I believe to be the first encounter that disciples have with Jesus. You see, in Mark's gospel, we will come in on the latter end of the story after John the Baptist has already been arrested. We talked about that last week when Brother Ken was preaching a message of repent and believe and John the Baptist was arrested. But here when we look in John chapter one, we will see that John the Baptist is still preaching and still pointing people to Jesus. So that tells us that this event happened prior to what we will find in Mark's gospel. But it also tells me this, it took the disciples multiple times, hearing the call of Jesus, hearing Jesus tell them to follow for them to understand and then for them to embrace what it meant to be a disciple. And that reassures me that, hey, sometimes I don't get it right on the first try. If you're here this morning and you're mistake prone, the disciples took a while to get it right too. So let's look this morning in John chapter one, and we'll see here in verses 35 through 42. The next day again, John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. But notice they're following kind of at a distance. Jesus, turning around, saw them following and said to them this pivotal question, what are you seeking? And so they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. And one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And so he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John, and you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter or stone. So I start here in John's gospel first before we jump to Mark because I wanted you guys to see something here that the disciples, at least Andrew and this other unnamed disciple, they're wanting to follow Jesus. But they're trying to still investigate. They're trying to still figure it out. They want to come and follow Jesus, but on their terms. You notice this? They see Jesus. They see what he's doing. They hear what John has to say. And so they say, okay, we want to check this guy out, but we're going to follow at a distance. We're going to stay safely back. We're going to stay where it's comfortable, and we'll just casually see whether or not we want to go where this guy goes. And just as I pointed out with that reclining chair this morning, I think far too often 
we are a lot like these two disciples who say, Jesus, I want to follow you, but I want to do it on my terms. And Jesus goes, what are you seeking? Church, this morning, I want you to answer that question for yourself. Right now, be thinking in your head, what are you seeking? Or say it another way, what are your expectations to walk with what are your expectations? Because in truth, I think sometimes, even myself included, we as a church, our expectations of walking with God look a lot like just being a nice person. Try to be kind to people. Let me uh, say a prayer before I eat my meals, maybe before I go to bed. Let me try to read my Bible and feel maybe just a little bit guilty. I don't read it more often. Let me just try to, to, to do the do's and stay away from the don'ts. And maybe I can just be good and hopefully not sin too much. I go to church on Sundays. Isn't that what it means to be a Christian? And I have to ask, is that really what Jesus died for? Did Jesus go and lay down his life on the cross just so we could be nice, so we could say a prayer, so we could feel good about how we spend our Sunday mornings? Or is the expectation God has for us something different? And are our expectations needing to change? Because I see this morning, when I look at myself, I'm far too often really comfortable with where I'm at and I like the idea of following Jesus but I really like being in that recliner a little bit more and so this morning as we look at the disciples and what Christ is calling them to he is calling them to follow he is calling them to step out of the chair not follow on their terms but fully follow him does that describe you this morning? Or is your faith just an armchair faith? Let's take a look now at Mark's gospel and see how Mark shows us the calling of the disciples. So again, this is after some time has passed as John the Baptist has been arrested. And so picking up in verse 16 of Mark chapter one, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, Casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And so immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Notice in this account, as compared to the one we saw in John, Jesus initiates. Jesus calls to them. Jesus invites them. When I see that word call, it has a lot of versatility, a lot of um, different meanings this morning. When I think about it, like if you call to somebody, you might be shouting out, but you also might be addressing them by their name, right? 
If you call on somebody, maybe you're asking for help. You're inviting them to come join you in something. Or even just the fact that, hey, what am I called? What name do you like to go by? You see, this morning, Jesus specifically and intentionally calls the disciples, first blank on your page, Christ comes to them with a call. Christ comes to them with a call. Now, this word call, you can also see it in the Greek. The verb here is kaleo, which means call out. So no different than if I call out to somebody, it could be a salutation, it can be a greeting. But Jesus wasn't just greeting these disciples. He had already met them, knew who they were, but he was inviting them. You see, because call also can be an invitation. Call can be an invitation to come and join, to participate. And Jesus is saying, I'm inviting you on something incredible. I'm inviting you to follow me and answer the call to become a disciple, to get out of what's comfortable. The call also has to deal with designation, your name, what you go by. You see, for these men, as they were in their boats fishing, their designation to this point had been fishermen. Even Simon had his name changed by Jesus because Jesus wanted to redesignate who they were. His call was to transform them, to make them into something else. No longer were they going to be just fishermen. Jesus says, I want to make you fishers of men. You see, Jesus makes clear the call for them as well as for us this morning is an invitation to be surrendered to him and his purposes, to be redesignated according to his plan, his call for our lives. When I look at our graduates and see them sharing in their video their plans for college, their hopes for a future career, I can't wait to see how God uses those and maybe even changes those because I know what it was like to be in their shoes. I remember vividly, not too long ago, several years in fact, uh, when I was a senior in high school and I was preparing for college. And the summer right before I enrolled at the University of Mississippi College, uh, I, I felt like I knew what was gonna happen. I knew my plans. I was gonna go into business. I was gonna study finance. It all made sense. I had it figured out. And then I went to youth camp. It was the same youth camp that I had went to three years prior where Jesus had placed a call in my life for salvation. And now I was back three years later. And once again, God flipped my world upside down. You see, because it was there at that camp in the summer 2005 where God placed a call on my life to go into vocational ministry. It wasn't what I expected. In fact, I very much had one of those Moses-type moments of making up any and every excuse. I don't talk so good. 
I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that that's really what you want me to do, God. I think you have your wires crossed and you were meant to talk to that guy over there. That's, that's the way I felt. But I remember in that moment going to youth camp and the camp pastor calling up this other young man on stage, this student who suffered from cerebral palsy. And as this gentleman was helped to the stage and begins to stutter through sharing his testimony, he talked about how God had called him into ministry and how he had given any and every excuse for why he couldn't or why he wouldn't. And in that moment of clarity, God spoke to me and reminded me that his grace is sufficient. And he showed me I can't say that I'm a disciple if I come on my terms. I can't say, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you, but only when it's comfortable, only when it's convenient, only when I feel like. If I'm gonna follow you, I have to follow you fully and trust you in everything. Even now, as God has called our family here to LAJ, we are so blessed to be a part of you, church, the orchard here. But it was not easy leaving Mississippi, and it was not easy leaving behind a ministry there. And yet we knew that that was where God was calling, and if God is calling us, then we have to trust. We have to surrender to him. Maybe this morning God is calling you to trust and surrender, to get out of your recliner, to get away from that metaphorical comfy chair and get a little bit uncomfortable for the gospel. Let's continue in Mark's gospel, chapter two, verses 13 and 14, because Jesus doesn't just call the fishermen, but now we see he calls Levi. He went out again beside the sea and all the crowd was coming to him as he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And so he arose and followed him. Now, Levi is an interesting choice to call as a disciple. This man is a tax collector. He is basically a legal criminal. He is cheating and taking advantage of people. He is committing treason against his own people because he is collecting taxes for the occupying force of Rome. In fact, it would be hard-pressed to find many Jews who would really like or want to spend time with Levi. And yet here is Jesus, a religious man and teacher who comes to him and says, hey, I invite you to be my disciple. Come, follow me, learn from me. And Levi leaves the tax booth and just goes. How incredible to think that maybe you and I are here this morning and we feel unworthy, we feel unqualified, we feel like there's no reason that Jesus would come to us and call us. But he called Levi and he's calling you to follow him. And so Levi does, but something we need to notice from the call of Levi and something we need to notice from the call of the fishermen you see, Jesus doesn't just call us to follow and stay where we're at. He didn't just say, okay, guys, follow me, but you can stay in your boat. Levi, follow me, but you keep collecting taxes. He calls them to follow and to be changed. 
Church, let me ask you this morning, is your faith changing you? Second blank on your page. Is your faith changing you? You see, faith in Jesus clearly changed the disciples. They didn't stay the same men that they were. Jesus even said, I will make you, I will change you, I will make you fishers of men. You're not going to just stay fishermen anymore. But it requires change. And guess what, church? Change is uncomfortable. Right? Change is uncomfortable. Learning, growing are uncomfortable. Don't believe me? Let's try an experiment. I want you to take your left hand, put your thumb up. I want you to take your right hand and point out your index finger. All right, everybody do this. Come on. Thumb, index finger. Put down the coffee. Thumb, index finger. All right, now I want you to switch. <laughs> ah! Switch. 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 See, even I struggle. Is your brain misfiring already just a little bit? Some of you are like, no, I can do this all day. It's a challenge if you're not used to it, right? It requires work. It gets a little bit awkward and uncomfortable because your brain is firing synapse and making new connections. It's learning. But learning's not easy. It requires change. In church, far too often, we love it in those easy chairs because it's comfortable and it doesn't require us to change. And Jesus is saying, if you follow me, faith should change you. But not only that, does your obedience cost you? Hear me, church, does your obedience cost you? Because Jesus doesn't just say, hey, follow me when it's convenient. Follow me when it's easy. No, in fact, we see that the disciples, they leave behind their possessions. They leave behind their professions. And they even leave behind their family to follow him. It cost something. Following Jesus didn't just come easy, didn't just come freely. There was sacrifice involved. This morning, as you follow Jesus, is it costing you something? Are you sacrificing? Or is your followership of Jesus only dependent upon what you get? I think the lesson here as we talk about where God is calling us and as we think about these graduates to recognize that no challenge, no learning experience, no new endeavor ever comes easy or even for that matter freely. There's gonna be a cost, there's gonna be a change and church this morning, is Jesus changing you? Because if he's not if, if your obedience and your walk with Christ, the expectation you have is that you just say the same, my question for you is, are you actually following Jesus?
Jesus made quite clear what it looks like to follow him. If you look in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 24, Jesus said this, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and daily follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Those don't sound very comfortable to me. I mean, I couldn't imagine Jesus going out to the crowds and saying, okay, if anyone wants to follow me, just pick up your recliner and come on. Right? He says, no, if you're going to follow him, deny self, take up a cross, it's not comfortable. It requires sacrifice, it requires change. It requires us to say we're not going to stay in the easy chair, but we're going to get up and go. Do you think Luke was at all concerned with comfort as he pens these words of Jesus? Do you think Luke, after following Paul and even being with Paul in Rome uh, as Paul is under arrest and awaiting execution, that Luke would have ever considered Following Jesus meant just climbing up in the easy chair. No. In fact, we see in Luke's life that he continues the ministry of the gospel even after Paul's execution for more than 30 years, eventually leading to his last days in Greece where Luke, Luke in preaching the gospel, angers the Grecian crowd so much that they take him out to an olive grove and hang him from a tree. And Luke dies at 84 years old. But Luke recognized that there was a cost, and he gladly followed Jesus to an adventure, to a life worth living, even if it came with sacrifice. You see, the thing about just trying to be a nice, kind, follow-the-rules person, and that's all your faith ever is, that's a pretty mundane boring Christian life. That is not what Jesus is calling us to. Jesus is calling us to something incredible. Jesus is calling us to the wildest of adventures if we trust and follow him. If we look in John's gospel once again in John 1, we'll find that as Jesus calls the disciples Philip and Nathaniel, Nathaniel's so amazed at Jesus just recognizing who he was and where he came from. And Jesus answered him in verse 50, because I said to you that I saw you under a fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. For he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. We see in another part of John's gospel, John 10, 10, Jesus describes his calling in this way. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Have it abundantly. Does that sound boring? Does that sound like a life just in a recliner? No. 
In fact, that word abundantly, I'm gonna teach you guys another Greek word this morning. That word uh, in the Greek is, per, excuse me, uh, parasos, kind of like periscope, parasos. Parasos means all around, more, better, or my favorite, exceeding expectation. Jesus says, I came so that you would have an all-around, more, better, exceeding expectation life. If you follow him, if you trust him. So this morning, church, are you getting uncomfortable? Are you getting the challenge this morning to step out of your chairs? Jesus didn't die on Calvary for us to just sit and be comfortable. And I think the disciples really got this. We see Andrew going to get Simon. We see Philip going to get Nathaniel. And we'll see here now in Mark chapter 2. Levi invites friends and neighbors to come and to meet Jesus. So continuing in Mark chapter 2, as he reclined at the table in his house, there were many tax collectors and sinners that were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him, and the scribes of the Pharisees, excuse me, scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they said to the disciples, why does he eat? with the tax collectors and the sinners. And Jesus heard it, and he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, Levi gets it. Levi is fishing. Levi invites his friends to come and encounter this Jesus, and Jesus speaks to the fact that he calls the sinners to himself. You can find in Luke's gospel, Jesus shares an incredible parable about the great banquet and how the master invites all these guests to come to this big feast. And you know what all of his friends and guests do? They make excuses for why they can't come. They're too busy. They have too much going on. They have these other schedule conflicts and emergencies happening to where they won't be there. And so you know what it says in Luke's gospel, chapter 14, verse 23. So the master tells his servants, go out to the highways, to the hedges. Go wherever you can find people and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. Church, this is what Jesus is calling us to, to get uncomfortable as fishers of men. And the last blank on your page, to go compel the outcasts. You see, Levi wasn't just hanging out with people who did bad things. No, he was hanging out with the outcasts, the worst of the worst, the people that nobody wanted to hang out with. These were the people that, that Levi was having together with him in his house. And Christ goes, eats dinner with them, and says, I came for the sinners, not for the ones that are healthy. Church, 
this morning, the challenge for us is simple, to get out of our comfortable chairs and go after the outcasts, compelling them by our lives and by our love for Jesus to come and see and follow. One final thing I want to share with you as we wrap up this morning. Jesus makes the call quite clear as he uses Paul to describe in 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. There we go, that change again. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ, God reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them, but entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So here's the call, church. Verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors. We are fishers of men. We are to go and compel for Christ because God making his appeal through us we implore you then on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God if any of us are in Christ this morning, this is the universal call to the church to go be fishers of men, embrace the ministry of reconciliation. You don't have to go into the pastoral ministry to still be going in the ministry of reconciliation and sharing the gospel. But can you really be a disciple if you're not fishing for men? Can you really be a disciple if you are not going and compelling people to come into the house? Jesus did not die for us to sit in our recliners. He died so that we could live abundant life sharing the gospel. So church, this morning, will you get out of your chairs? Will you follow him? Mm -hmm.